Hello, I'm Charu Kamaria. I'm a writer, journalist, speaker, and podcaster based in the southeastern United States. And I started this show after many years of working in newsrooms where stories of the day are boiled down to just a few minutes. I want to go more in depth, talk about the things that we all should be noticing and discussing, and help you understand what the story really is. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Story with Charu, and I'm Charu Kamaria. And um, today is part three of a three-part series on race and identity, race and cultural identity in America. Um, And I'm kind of wrapping up this series today in this podcast. Uh, Last time we were together, I talked about this idea of being comfortable being uncomfortable, sort of getting comfortable and sitting with those feelings of being uncomfortable. And I talked about, you know, how hard that can be, how hard this topic has been for me to even talk about. And I wanted to kind of make this analogy. So, you know, if you ever want to get in shape and you want to make lifestyle changes, right? Like a lot of us, you know, or some of us anyway, when you've had kids, you start thinking about, hey, I want to be around uh, to see these children achieve some milestones. I want to be able to do things with them. I have a very active son, so it was like really obvious when I had him that I was going to have to continue to be in shape. So when you make that decision, right, you do whatever your physical fitness, um, you know, ideas of physical fitness are, okay, whether it's running or any kind of cardio or lifting weights or yoga or whatever you do, right? You you have to be the one to actually go and do those things to make those changes. You have to be the one to make those lifestyle choices to eat better and choose what you consume, right? And at times you have to be uncomfortable. You know, the anything that's worth having, any kind of growth means to some degree being uncomfortable. And that growth, if we want to achieve that growth, and we really want to heal our communities, our country and the world, we've just got to get really ready to get uncomfortable in dealing with, you know, all of this stuff. Um, I remember after the 2016 election, this idea was kind of being passed around you know, there was a rise in hate and feelings of hate, and then, of course, subsequently hate crimes. And there was this idea being floated around that the only way to combat this was to love, you know, and use uh, use the emotion of love, compassion, empathy, that our world was really lacking in these things. And this is what we were going to have to really embrace to... Um, to heal from all of these wounds. And I remember at the time thinking that that was very naive. And I remember thinking, you know, you're asking people, if you listen to parts one and parts two of this um, series, you're asking people who have undergone a lot of trauma to now forgive and have compassion. And I personally was like, I'm not really ready to do that. And I'm not going to do that. I don't think it's going to change. I don't think it's going to change um the, fe- the folks that feel these strong, hateful emotions, right? And um, 
I, you know, personally, it isn't, it is something that I struggle with forgiveness, even forgiveness of myself is something that I'm really trying to work on and certainly forgiving others when they've done wrong. But I've really sort of come around to this idea that this may be what we have to do. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit for this, uh, for, for a moment about this, you know, idea of hope. We, hope is something that's ingrained in all of us. It's, we, our species would not have been able to survive if we didn't have this idea that something better could be waiting for us around the corner. And certainly you won't survive long, or you certainly won't thrive if you don't in your heart really believe that we do bend towards the better and towards the good, right? And that there is, that there is a better tomorrow, okay? One thing that I've always admired about the U.S. military, the American military, and I'm, I'm focusing on America again because I live in the United States, but culture and identity and race are global issues that folks struggle with across the globe. I have always admired about the American military how incredibly diverse the armed forces are in the United States. If you, you know, there's always a stereotypical view of the American soldier and that person stereotypically looks a certain way. But if you look at the numbers, our military is, is just super diverse. And the military has been able to take that diversity, the religious diversity of soldiers and folks that serve and also um, the racial diversity and use it to an advantage, I feel like, in that realm. I mean, our, whether it's all the branches, right? You have a huge contingent of Hispanic, Latin American soldiers, Latin soldiers. You've got a lot of black soldiers, you know, and you would not have to look far into military history to learn about the Tuskegee Airmen and various uh, other groups and um, even racial, religious diversity. And the military has been able to take that, that diversity, which is an asset. It's like a secret weapon that we have as a nation. And they've been able to achieve a lot. Um, it, an, a story that's always staying with this military sort of theme. If you look at World War II history, and you uh, read about the Navajo wind talkers, and it wasn't just the Navajo, it was these other um, Native American groups that used co-talking, they basically used their own language and spoke in their own language at great personal risk, okay, um, to send messages that were never intercepted by the Japanese, who had become increasingly, the Japanese had become really good at breaking code, but they were unable to crack these codes. The, from the original real Americans, the, the folks that were here when because everybody after the Native American was an immigrant, you know, the Europeans, the whites, everybody, the blacks that were brought through the transatlantic slave trade, my own ancestors, you know, you wouldn't have to go that far to see my own story on that. So they, it's just amazing what this country has been able to achieve because of all of these different groups. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times at great personal risk to these groups, but regardless, we're here today and the contributions of many got us here today. You know, things in the United States, it's not just the United States, it's actually life in general. Things are not always black and white. They're shades of gray, right? There's a little good in the bad. There's a little bad probably in the good. And that's kind of how I feel about um, this country. I feel like... Um, it's just 
there's shades of gray and there's going to be some good and there's going to be some bad. I am a very grounded person. I'm very practical to a fault. But I think that if there is any group of people that can tackle these issues that are facing us, the race, cultural identity, and so much more, I think it's us. I just think it's part of the American psyche to roll up our sleeves and get things done and be an inspiration to the world, the good and the bad um, about us. And I think in order to do that, we've just got to look at head on and deal with it and talk about it and get it out there and be uncomfortable and be okay with that. You know, me, me personally, my part in this is to talk about the unseen and the unheard. And when you talk about those things, and when you see those things, you've got to get ready for the fact that it's going to challenge what you think and what you believe. But you've got to really look at it from a detective's point of view, like you're coming onto a crime scene and you have no bias or opinion. You're just the observer. And I think when we can do that, we can start to have empathy and we can start to heal these things and, um, you know, really move forward as a community and as a global society. I... I myself, I used to never um, share my faith, right? I'm Hindu and people would ask. And, you know, in the South, the Bible Belt, you know, people ask a lot. And you learn pretty quick not to talk about it because the inevitable is that people try to convert you to Christianity. Evangelicals try to convert you. Not all Christians do this. And um, you don't really want to get into a debate about faith, because faith is is not something you can prove. That's why it's called faith. And um, you would, so you wouldn't talk about it, right? Because you didn't want to make the other person uncomfortable. You didn't want to be uncomfortable yourself. So um, I, I didn't really ever talk about it. I remember one time I was, uh, it was when I was on air at one of my reporting jobs, and I was asked to speak to a group of Girl Scouts. And this little girl said, are you Christian? And I said, no. And she said, but you're so nice. And I remember thinking, what are you being taught? What are you being told? And so I, I, I myself am trying to get more comfortable talking about things like that and sharing my own story so we can put this stuff out in the open so we can see what the truth is and be able to kind of collectively heal from all of this. And so this is my pep talk. And this is my, if I were talking to the troops about to storm the beaches of Normandy talk. If there's any group of people that can do it, it's us. And if there's any time to do it, it's now. And I firmly believe this. The practical, grounded, down-to-earth reporter, um, able to see everything for what it is, person is saying, it's time to do it now. That's what I think anyway, and I think we've at least got to try. Again, I appreciate you folks taking some time to listen and making time. I know it's it's busy. We're always busy, but I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show so you um, won't miss any updates and share with your friends if you like it. And please make sure you give it a good rating if you like it as well. And if you're not doing this already, please follow me on Instagram at the story with Charu. I post there a lot and um, talk about little things that come up and there's some funny stuff as well. So until next time, I hope that you find some things that make your soul light and happy. 
You can support this show by subscribing it, liking it, and sharing it with others. And you can also follow the show on Instagram at the story with Charu. That's on Instagram. It's all lowercase, all one word at the story with Charu. That's where I post pictures of our guests. And I also have um, more fresh takes about current events that we really can't get to in a podcast format. And sometimes just random things from around the globe or just everyday life. You can also find more information about me on my website, charukamaria.com. That's C-H-A-R-U-K-U-M-A-R-H-I-A dot com. Again, that's also one word. And until next time, I hope that you find something that makes your soul light and happy.